Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is in such poor taste, not even the finest French chef could make it any good. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you in the Ides of June. Is that a thing? No, probably not. But uh, hey, the uh, the days are getting about as long as they can be, so uh, make sure you're outside smoking your pipe at night. Beautiful time of the year. Uh, anyway, on this week's show, uh, Capstan, remember I reviewed the... Uh, the, the current Capstan Blue. Well, this is the review of the really old Capstan Blue. Yeah, the Capstan Original Flake, as it was called. Uh, and then uh, my guests are pipe makers Michael Parks and Nate Rose. And uh, Michael and Nate are working on a project called uh, Common Wheel Pipes. It's for uh, pipes2smoke.com. So we talked to them about uh, about that. You get two pipe makers in one, and we get a little bit of a break from the uh, novice pipe smokers for a week. Then we'll have a music mailbag and rant, a left-handed rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, don't forget, Columbus, Ohio, the pipe show is coming. It is scheduled, and it is on the calendar, so... I hope to see a lot of you there. I know I will be there. Uh, believe October. Uh, October. I'm I'm ready for my birthday. Uh, August fourteenth, fifteenth. So all that coming up. Yeah, get yourself out to a pipe show. It'll be great to see some faces and friends that I haven't seen in person in uh, yeah, going on what two years since I've been to a pipe show almost at that point. Yeah, twenty one months since. Uh, it will have been 21 months since a pipe show, so I'm excited about that. Happy to get my uh, vaccinated self out there and uh, be able to visit and sit with people and enjoy uh, pipe smoking camaraderie, so looking forward to that. All right, let's get the show rolling, so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and before we get too far, let me correct myself. The NASPC show, Columbus, Ohio, is August 13th and 14th, uh, the 13th Friday evening from 5 to 10, and then all day Saturday from 9 to 5, so make sure and, boy, if you can get there, get there. That's all I can say. All right, uh, so going back to Capstan Blue. Uh, and the full article is available in the NASPC's Pipe Collector, written by Mike Zika, uh, with their uh, with Mike and Anthony's comparisons of the two. Um, and let me just say, all right, so let me recap. 
uh, compared a 2018 Capstan Blue made in Denmark by McBaron against a what's called a really old Capstan Blue, and that was from the WD and HO Wills Company, uh, Bristol, England, probably on the 40-year-old range. So not a real fair comparison when you take a tobacco that's 40 years old versus a tobacco that's three years old, you know, 40 plus years old. Uh, anyway, um, so Mike was nice enough to send me what, what equaled about five small bowls full. And in comparing the two, in my opinion, which I am the leading expert on, first of all, it's unfair. Uh, second of all, one of the big differences is the cut size. So the, uh, the tobacco that I got, by the time I got it, the flake had broken up pretty well. But again, I could tell that the flakes were cut thinner and the actual component tobacco that was, uh, that was made to use the flake was what most of us would now call a shag cut and it's a much narrower cut. Uh, that narrower shag cut is going to automatically change the way the pipe, uh, the way the tobacco smokes. Now, let me back up. Uh, McBaron cannot, by law, do that shag cut and can't cut the they can't cut the component tobacco that thin now, and they can't cut the flakes as thin as the original capstan because of tobacco laws in the European Union, which we have similar ones here in the United States. Uh, that would deem that that very thin tobacco would be deemed as cigarette tobacco and thus taxed differently. So there's a certain amount of cuts per inch that anything below that is cigarette tobacco. Anything above that is pipe tobacco. And I believe it's 16 cuts per inch. So a sixteenth of an inch is the thickest you can go. Uh, this stuff is really thin and it made smoking it uh, really easy, but it also means because it is more of a shag cut, it means to me that it smoked a lot faster than a thicker cut. So one of the benefits to the thicker cut is that you get the, uh, the tobacco smokes slower and lasts longer. Uh, and because it smokes slower and lasts longer, uh, you run the, you run the risk of overheating it. Uh, but this shag cut almost darkened tobacco smoked really cool and really rich but really fast uh, the flavors that i got were almost on that stoved range of tobaccos so kind of a reminiscent to me of the uh, mcbaron hh old dark fired ready rub that i like uh, it had that richness and that meatiness to it but yet still retained some of the sugars behind it um, I, and I also got a fairly substantial, um, yeah, a fairly substantial nicotine kick from it. So whatever that leaf was, that was good, rich, original ripe leaf. And again, this is just described originally as a unique blend made of 100% Virginia leaf. Um, now also during the time that this was made in England, they could not use any toppings on it. So they might have darken the leaf a little bit to richen it up and get it started on that aging process. But again, I don't, you know, it's hard to say what it really was like. Now, 
the only time capstan blue which you know in the in the wd and ho wills or the old made in england tins come up you know it's the price of uh, two fairly nice peterson pipes on a uh, on a pre-owned on a on the uh yeah on the vintage tobacco market um so you got to ask yourself is it worth it you know is it worth uh is a 50 gram tin of this tobacco is that worth a couple hundred dollars yeah you're looking at 12 14 18 bowls full depending on the size of your pipe out of a 50 gram tin is that worth it in my humble opinion which i am the leading expert of this tobacco was not that great i wouldn't pay that money for it did i enjoy smoking these yeah i really did and especially since i waited until the uh, weather warmed up here in the in the south and was able to use my virginia pipes for it um yeah i really enjoyed it and i've still got about three quarters of a bowl left that i'm looking forward to uh uh having with a uh, i actually think this would really go good i think coffee would be too strong for it but i think a really good cup of tea would work really well with this uh with this particular blend but again, I go back, is it really worth it? And in my opinion, no, um, it was good. It was really good, but it didn't just wow me with multiple flavors, multiple layers of flavors. I think the sugars were there, but they were, uh, they had gone away a lot. And I think the stoving of it over time had taken over. So there you go. Uh, again, if you want to see the full article, subscribe to the NASPC's Pipe Collector, which is uh, $10 if you get it electronically. You get six issues a year. And uh, then you can get to see Mike's, uh, Mike and Anthony and their full article on it. And again, thanks to, uh, thanks to Mike Zika for including me on this. All right, we'll be back with uh, Nate Rose and Michael Parks in just a minute. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and this is a first, and it's exciting, and I'm probably going to say some stupid stuff and goof this up because we've got two pipe makers, two Canadian pipe makers, so it's nice to always talk to our neighbors to the north, eh? Um, but uh, Michael Parks and Nate Rose, you guys have been working on a uh, joint project so we'll get into that in just a minute, but welcome both to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks, Brian. Good to be back. What's going on? 
All right. So first of all, we know Michael, you are the uh, the the senior by age and by experience, but not by size. Because Nate's, I don't know, I, Nate. When you're walking down the street in Canada, do the moose come up to you and go, "Damn, you're big." <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more like, damn, you're good looking. Come on. Yeah, well, anyway. All right, so let's get started (laughs) before we go way downhill. Um, Michael, start us off. What is the, you guys have been working on this project with uh, pipestosmoke.com and it's called Common Wheel. So what's the beginning of it and how'd you, how did it get going? Well, it's with um, with Maxim Engel and uh, the Common Wheels. This is kind of an extension of the uh, the Fern Downs. He uh, Maxim worked a lot with uh, Les Wood, and maybe you recall I, I did some sandblasting on some special uh, Fern Downs over the last half a dozen years. And so, really, it's it's, an, it's a continuation of that. Um, but Les Wood has uh, retired, so. He's still making the bowls, or has bowls that he has made, and uh, he's had them for years and years and years, right? Um, Less worked at Dunhill, and so you see there are a lot of Dunhill shapes, and uh, we're finishing them, uh, Nate and myself, uh, here. So um, how old is some of this wood, do you think? Well, the the pipes are stamped 20 years, and that's fair. They're... uh, they're old. They're twenty to thirty years old. That's my understanding. So, I mean, was this old stuff that he had for Fern Down and just never got around to doing, or is it older Dunhill? Did he smuggle some uh, some root some root briar bowls out? You know, I I really I think that they were from Dunhill, but then again. I think he made bowls for Dunhill, so I'm not sure. I think that line gets a bit blurred. I, I'm not positive on that. Um, but yeah, this is this is stock he has had for a long time. And so then you you get the bowls, and what are you doing to them? Because we know Nate does all the hard work afterwards. <laughs> Pretty much, I just put them in a box and mail them to Nate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then I mess them up no. and I send them back. <laughs> no, no, not even close. I uh, I'm drilling them, and then uh, I send them to Nate, and Nate stems them, and then he sends them back to me, and I blast and finish them. So, all right, Nate, how did uh, what kind of stems are we using, and uh, and how do you figure out what's what type of stem needs to go on which pipe? <clears throat> uh, I mean, we're well, we're using ebonite or Cumberland. Uh, strictly at this point um, and how I go about selecting is uh, when the idea came together we got together the three of us and we decided on the uh, lengths that were the parameters that needed to be in and then we also decided um, whether saddle or uh, taper so depending on the shape you get a different variety and for the most part most of them can be either or and it just really comes down to what I feel like doing so if I just feel like doing saddle I'll do a saddle if it has to be tapered, it has to be a taper. So it works. With, you, you've kind of developed a little shape chart for them and a and a basic yeah. idea. Uh, what were the length? Yeah. What are the lengths of these pipes and the and the parameters for them? Wouldn't you say, Nate? Are they larger pipes? 
Yeah, they're they're pretty freaking large. Like they're by far the largest pipes I've ever had in my hand. But definitely, uh, some of them vary because some of them that we have are like uh, like the one freehand, Michael. That one is significantly large. But then you have the bulldogs, which are not very large. You know, it, it's kind of a good variance. But yeah, I would say large. Yeah, like nothing uh, less than group four. I'd say group four, and then I know in the um, the last batch that were finished, there was a really large bent. Remember that cross grain bent? It was probably what you'd call an ODA. Yeah. Or like an LC size of or LB of the in the in the Dunhill world. Yeah, yeah. So so they're larger English shapes. They're Dunhill shapes. So now I'm kind of interested, and in, in Nate, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take this one because. You get the stummel, oh God. which literally just has the bowl and the and the shank on there, and then you've got to create a stem from scratch, and you've mm-hmm. got these parameters to work within. Um, that's not the fun part of pipe making, is it? <laughs> no, it, it they are a bit of a headache. But one like the first like we've done a couple batches now, and they're getting easier because it just you get it down to a bit of a rhythm, and I know what to do and all that, and. The beautiful thing with working with Michael is Michael has basically held my hand and showed me different tools, which I need to buy, which doesn't make my wife very happy. And but yeah, like it is, they are a bit of a head, like a bit of a headache, but like the end result makes it so worth it. Like, they like I've, I've talked like some people have messaged me and asked like how like what's it like making them and I said in a lot of ways they're actually harder to do than my own custom work because I have to make the stem fit this piece of briar and try not to basically take too much meat off when I'm making them seamless and making it fit all correct so a lot of times it's easier just to make the whole pipe versus just doing a piece if you yeah. know what I mean yeah I mean you're you've got to force that. <laughs> Going back to your old job, you got to force that fender onto something that uh, some other car that somebody else has already made. Yeah, and a lot of times that's that's the one thing people always ask: they're like, "How do you juggle so much?" I'm like, "Well, because a lot of it kind of goes to my actual job, which is the assembly work, and a lot of it is like, okay, we got to turn these six, you know, pipes down to this size. Okay, now drill them. Okay, now slot them, and I just make it a bit of an assembly line. And then when it comes to really getting in there and cutting them, then I we veer away from that, but it definitely uh, helps to have a bit of a background that way. So have you, Nate, have you altered the shape of the stummel or cut it down a little bit so that it matched better with, with what stem you were thinking? No, I've, I haven't had to yet. Anything, anything that if I have to do stuff like that, I would call Michael and be like, what are you thinking? Um, but for the most part, um, no, I haven't, I haven't touched the stummels. Well, you, you do a bit, Nate, though. Like, you have to cut. Well, yeah, like, you got to make them flush so they fit perfect. But, like, enough that, like, yeah. it's altered to the point where, like, you need to re-go over it again. And never that bad. But, yeah, like, they're completely flush. Yeah, yeah. And then, Michael, you, I mean, you have a long history of making men's wives unhappy with you because of, you know, pipes and, <laughs> you know, and, and other like stuff. Holding those guys' hands. What is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... <laughs> And and Nate's not listening right now, are you, Nate? Um, 
but at the at the beginning of this, so Nate's got you know a few a few less years of pipe making experience than you do. Uh, were there tweaks and and little things that you were able to help him with right away? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, here we go. It's great. Actually, um, I had a whole stack of, uh, of files, uh, for example. I have these uh, these Swiss files that I use that I like, and there are a few specific file shapes, and, and that's what I've always used for the stems. And I ended up uh, I was able to give Nate a whole set, and I think that that helped that helped you a lot, didn't it, with uh, cutting the slots and the buttons and everything? Oh yeah. Well, it, it was funny too because you never. I remember you sent them out, and then I just happened to text you or something, and you were like, "Did you get the package?" I was like, "What package?" And then uh, you were like, just just go check the post. And you sent me a whole set of files and never told me they were coming. You just had an extra set on hand. You actually, I think, sent me two sets. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you had one that was you'd been working with. And then I think you, yeah, I think you sent me a ton of files. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, all the all the slot files as well, the smaller needle files. Yeah. So that, that's a nice little package to get in the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, as you call it, the Canada Post. We call it the mail. Um, we're, we're, yeah. we're gender biased down here. Uh, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Michael Parks and Nate Rose. Uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, Michael Parks and Nate Rose, pipe makers, talking about their, uh, their, joint, uh, their, their joint project of the common wheel pipes. Uh, Michael, has there been a pipe that you've gotten from Nate and went, um, you know what, maybe I'll just touch this up just a little bit? Actually, we've been, uh, we, we made a joke um, that I'm the dentist. You know, you're sitting there in the chair with the, uh, who's the person you sit with? Uh, the hygienist or whatever for like hygienist. an hour. I do all the, the work. Up, the dentist shows up for two minutes with a, with like a, a little pick, you know, touches your teeth and then walks away. So it's a little <laughs> bit of that. I, I, I think it's in my nature. Um, and I'm just seeing things like I want the pipes a certain way. And then over the, you know, I just, I guess just kind of developed a way that I like the pipes to look. And, and, and so I don't know, no matter how good a stem Nate made, I might just <laughs> pick at it a little and tweak it, you know, a little bit of sanding, a little bit of this and that. I just, you know, give them a, a final, final go over. <laughs> and then for, for you, Michael, I mean, you've seen 
thousands of pipes in your life, but now you're looking at these old English turned stummels. Have you noticed anything that they do differently or any little, uh, any little intricacies, any details? Um, not exactly. Uh, like good quality control is, is that's on my end. So when I receive the bowls, you know, if uh, the drilling is off or there's a flaw in the bowl or something, or there's a flaw somewhere. So I'll, I'll reject those and set like those won't get, uh, I'll just reject those. Um, the symmetry is not, is not actually the the same as, as what I do. I, I have noticed that. I guess I I take that f further in my own pipes and in, in the in the process that I've developed. Um, but they're they're factory turned, right? Factory made bowls. So yeah, and that and is that a little frustrating for you at times to look at that and go, you know, they could have done this if the so much better if they just did this. It's a bit of a challenge. I think uh, I think the guys keep me on the leash. To tell you the truth, there, Brian. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, with your pipes and your pipe making, um, you might be considered to be a, a little bit anal retentive when it comes to details. <laughs> so, uh, so loosening up a little bit for what is a factory turned bowl might uh, might be a bit of an issue for you. But then something good comes from that. Um, I've noticed um, as the pipes get finished, right? Say like the bulldogs or something. Like when I'm working, I'm taking a, you know, a photo of a pipe, um, like some some kind of example or reference, and I'm really trying to replicate that in terms of its shape as as closely as possible to whatever scale, whatever size. So I kind of have to to chill out a bit and let them be. But then, you know, there's a lot of cool character that comes along, too. And you can see it in old Dunhills. You see them. Like, guys will have one they've always kept because it's just awesome. It's got its own really unique character. Even though it's yeah. a shape, number, whatever. It's quite unique. And I think, I think you know, letting that happen is, is good. Yeah, so you're kind of letting these children breathe the way they were meant to breathe and not forcing a uh, Michael Parks stamp on them. <laughs> yeah yeah all right so for either one of you uh how many of these pipes are you guys planning on doing a year or how many have you done in a year or what what's the production numbers that we're talking about Nate, i feel like it's like 30 to 35 isn't it for the year i think so that sounds about right i think that's i feel like i could pull up the website because i know it says right on there but i can't remember off the top of my head like I just know the numbers we put out for. So we're and we're talking in the four to five hundred, six hundred dollar retail range for these for for these really old wood pipes. Yeah, really yeah. old wood English pipes with hand cut stems. Yeah. And, and then Michael Parks comes up to him and taps him with a little stick twice, and then moves them on their way. <laughs> so and kind of. <laughs> So, Michael, you're doing the sandblasting and the and the finishing of them. Uh, have you found any really fun things in the sandblasting? The, the wood is different, actually, than what I, I, I use. Um, 
I've been using Italian wood. Um, not necessarily that you know, I've experimented with a bunch of woods. It's just like that's what's been available and that's what I use and I've become used to. And the wood reacts differently. It's hard. It's hard, it's hard wood. And then again, though, it, uh, talking about the vintage Dunhills and like the character of the blasts and the grain, you know, like the the root briars or the shells. It, they um, there's a lot of kind of different character in, in this wood. So that's yeah. So could that be some uh, some like Algerian or uh, Northern African wood that you're that you're playing around with, or or do you really know where this where this wood eventually or originally came from? You know, I'm not sure. Actually, should ask and find that one out. Um, because yeah, yeah, I think it is different. I don't think this is Italian wood, um, and it doesn't seem to be as as pink or reddy in color as I've noticed uh grecian wood has been but it, it might be grecian so yeah you know what it could be very well be algerian or north african it could have also just gotten hard from the 20 to 30 years of sitting in a barn in england somewhere being miserable from the weather <laughs> waiting to be saved so nate are you doing other uh, Nate Rose pipes in addition to this? Because, I mean, 35 stems or so is not a full-time job. Yeah, I'm also balancing my own uh, my own list I've got going on right now. So I what I normally try to do is I try to do two weeks of my work and then a week or two of the common wheel, and I try to get them done in that amount of time and then shoot them off the Michael. And, I, and I'm assuming, Michael, you're also doing some uh, Parks Pipes in addition to these? I'm trying to, yeah. 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 Uh, who came up with the, I guess either one of you can answer this if you know, but the name Common Wheel, and that's just an extension of something else that Max had going on? It's, uh, it's an extension of the Commonwealth, I'm pretty sure. I think it might even... The definition might even be the same as the Commonwealth, and so for Maxim, his thinking was that it was a traditional, you know, classic English name to, you know, to to go with the English shapes and and like the heritage of the pipes and all that. <clears throat> and uh, Michael, do we know how many more of these we have coming down the line? Because I'm assuming it would it's going to run out eventually. I don't know um, what the, the total numbers are, <clears throat> but I do know that we have a few years of this. So if we can keep the flow going, um, and this is sort of nice, you know, this idea of 30 or 35 pipes a year, it's not going to overwhelm Nate and I. And, and it's a nice flow. It's, it's They're nice to work on. Um, there should be, yeah, a few years more of them. And I'm, I may have missed it, but did either of you get a chance to get on the phone and talk to Les Wood and get some insight from him <laughs> uh, i i'm pretty sure nate hasn't and actually i haven't myself I definitely Although, not. So, man the more i talk to maxim i would love i actually i was talking to maxim just this week and saying finally like i would love to go see les wood in his workshop he it sounds like he is uh, a real clever guy uh and he has really cool machinery, you know, because he's known for his silver work as well, right? Yeah. And he has just 
a collection of real interesting machinery and, and jigs and things that he has rigged up himself, I, I kind of would, would really appreciate, like, like to go and see him. Yeah, so maybe a, a cool trip. Maybe a trip yeah. across the pond to, to hang out with Les this summer might be in the uh, in the books for you. That would be all right. What do you think, Nate? Go to England? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll quietly go and be quiet, not say a word, and just take notes. I'm okay with that. Well, I really doubt that'll happen quietly, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been quiet this whole time. I only spoke when I'm spoken to, like a good kid. There you go, Junior. Sit in the corner. Be quiet. Uh, <laughs> Nate. There's last... Nate. Still trying to pretend. He's a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and Nate, last time we had you on was about a year ago talking about you carrying, you know, I don't know, school buses up a hill backwards. Um, and then uh, I guess your, uh, your, back is, uh, your back is physically still paying the price for all that? Yeah. I, uh, it, it's gardening season here. So I was moving some, uh, they tore up the garden at my mother-in-law's work and any of the trees and plants that you wanted, you could take. So she called me and said, you mind coming to pick them up? And, and I was like, yeah, no problem. And I got there and some of the bushes were like, like a hundred to 150 pounds. And I like just, you know, scooted down and picked them up like I would back when I trained. And, and then the next day I came over and the one tree needed to get in the ground. And my mother-in-law said like, this tree over here needs to come out of the ground. It's dead. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I dug it up and I tied a rope to it and I pulled it out of the ground. And then the next day I had a water fight with my son and I just turned a funny way and popped. And I was like, Oh, and it wasn't like a sudden pop, but it was just like all of a sudden I was sitting down. I went to stand up and like, Oh, Oh. And then I, uh, I went to the chiropractor on Tuesday and, and she said like, you inflamed your SI joint. Like, you know, we have a record what you did, you know, back when you were competing. And she said like, this will be something basically for the rest of your life that if you overwork your back, you'll pop your SI. I'm like, Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so. so the, so the moral of that story is, um, lift plants, but don't play, don't get shot with water by your son. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Brian, I, I gotta say, I think Nate's just being humble and that he was actually training for the caber toss. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> no, he, he actually was I don't have time to train, Michael. He, he was actually in the middle of the road and stopped a Tim Hortons truck with his bare hand because he wanted a cup of coffee and a donut. <laughs> uh, me. Yeah. Uh, Michael, what else have you been up to? I and mean, what's the what is the. Uh, uh, the, the state of the world for the last year or so been like for you? Uh, there hasn't been a lot of change uh, for me, really. Other than there, there's been more family. There have been more family members at home. Um, uh, the pipe world, it's been very busy. Uh, I think that uh, I think everyone has noticed this. So there's been uh, there's been lots of orders and. And, and that's great. So lots of work. A lot of guys looking for pipes and a lot of guys with a lot of time to hang out, have a smoke and, and enjoy some time in their backyards. Have you, so you've noticed an uptick in, in people reaching out to you and saying, Hey, look, I'm not going anywhere. I need a pipe, you know, make me a pipe. Uh, I, I believe so. You know, I was concerned when it first happened that, you know, there's going to be some sort of, 
global economic crash, um, but uh, to date, I certainly haven't experienced that. Um, it's been great, lots of orders, yeah, and lots of new people. Um, maybe that's because I've started on Instagram a bit. Uh-oh. But, uh, people I, I, don't, I haven't worked for previously, and, and people all over the world, too. I, I've been, I would say more international customers in the last year than, than usually. Most of my work has been North American and really mostly into the States uh, for, uh, for quite a long time. Well, once you sell a pipe to all five of the Canadian pipe smokers, then what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> you know, we won't even get into the cost of tobacco in Canada because it's not getting any cheaper. Uh, Nate, have you seen the same thing? As, uh, have, have your orders been uh, steady and consistent? Uh, not consistent, only because I was, for the past, like, you know, four or five years, I had been basically just riding this the same wave. And then it was, I don't know, when when the pandemic hit and I got put off work, I got a lot more time in my work and I got to do a lot more. And I was a lot more present on Instagram. And I went from, like, the normal to, like, erupted. And I just exploded with, uh, with business and orders and all that, which I was super grateful for. And then... Uh, this little guy named Michael Parks called me and then I posted about that on my social media and then I got kicked back from that and it's just, it, 2019 was, or 2020 was just a ridiculous year for me personally uh, for my business but I haven't, I, I haven't, it has definitely not gone down at all but I, I'm, I'm with Michael, like I got tons of orders for in uh, overseas and uh, it's just kind of mind-boggling and then, like, I got um, those goofballs on Country Spire Radio. They did that whole Carver Bull thing of the year. And yeah. I got honorable mention, and that didn't help my busy year get any slower. <laughs> so I've been mildly grateful for being off work this whole time due to uh, problems in the factory. But yeah, I'm hoping uh, – I, I can't get any busier myself with the business between the common wheel orders or the common wheel pipes to keep up on and then my own orders – I, I got no more time. And then you're back at work full time and you've also got a youngster. Yeah, I go back. Yeah, I go back Monday, which is great time to flip my back. <laughs> wait, wait, and your little visit on my show talking about uh, powerlifting didn't help your sales? I, you know what's funny is I, like I had just gotten back into weightlifting probably about two months ago. I decided to try to lose some weight and get fit and all that. And, uh, I, I did it just doing stuff around the yard, which is just super frustrating. Because I had already made it, I had already told myself, I was like, we're not going to get to this point. We're not chasing anything. Just get healthy. And then it was like, I just, you know, yeah. just being a guy. And, and Michael, I just want to, I just want to point out now, Michael, how tall are you? <laughs> Me? I'm six feet tall. I'm six feet tall, and Nate called you the little guy because everybody's everybody's tiny compared to Nate. Yeah. No, I called Michael the little guy because when he called me, he was like, I, I remember he was like, is this Rose Pipes? And I remember being like, uh, is this Michael Parks? <laughs> and then he's just like, I'm just a guy. I'm like, F you, you're just a guy. You're the guy. <laughs> So wait a second, wait, before this all started, you two didn't really know each other? 
No, I ended up harassing him for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Not for a couple of years, but I think maybe you had sent a few emails looking for, um, oh, just sort of to, to work together and tips. And, and I had the barbecue, but it was too far for you to attend. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, if Nate just says, I'm the guy, I'm Michael Parks, uh, like once a week to me, it's kind of, it's helped keep the flow going. <laughs> no, don't care how much money we make off of the pipes. As long as he strokes my ego once a week, I'm fine. Yeah, just say that and I'll say nice things back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, have you had the, did you miss a year of the barbecue or were you able to keep doing your uh, annual thing? No, no, we've, we've missed it. Um, yeah, things are, I think, well, technically in Ontario, we're still in a lockdown. Well, it's, it's well, one of these phases, right? So mostly lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can't see uh, a lot happening this year. And, and especially, you know, the prospect of getting to uh, any kind of pipe show in the States, you know, be it like uh, a Columbus or, um, or Vegas or, or, or wherever else. I don't know that it'll be doable for us, right? The borders. No, I understand they're going to try to get them going this uh, later this summer. So we'll yeah. see. Well, Even if you could get over it, I think, I think it's like you have to wait two weeks. Because I think they just didn't they open it up to Europe. You could go to Europe now, but you have to quarantine for two weeks and then quarantine for two weeks when you get back or something like that. Yeah, boy. Uh, but the good news is for you, Michael, with no with not being able to go to pipe shows, you can't show up a day or two late like you have in the past. <laughs> yeah, you never forget stuff like this, Brian. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the pipe shows actually open up before noon on Saturday. I'm just saying. I seem to remember uh, at a Columbus one time, uh, Bill Unger announced it. Like when I arrived at the show at 10 a.m. or 11 or whenever it was, on the, you know, I just showed up a little late in the morning. Yeah, and I worked <laughs> on that. I worked on that with help from my wife. Uh, I get up earlier and make an effort to be on time. It is true. And I do actually remember a pipe show where you were sitting at your table before the show opened one day. And, you know, some of us were all confused, but it actually happened. You know, that might have been the last Chicago. I was in the showroom on Sunday morning before the show opened. And that's, that was a, that was a, that was a nice thing. Yeah. Now, you were really just late from the day before, but it was so late that it was <laughs> early for the next day. But uh, Nate, how do, we, uh, how do we get a hold of you? How do we go and see your pipes? Oh, just on Instagram. Look me up at Rose Pipe Co. And uh, Michael you could send me an email, but <laughs> you could. Do you actually read emails there, uh, Nate? I do. I just don't get uh, pretty much just Instagram. And uh, Michael, what's your Instagram now that you're all happy and proud about it? I know I'm uh, at Parks Pipes. Wow. However, I'm sort of the opposite uh, of Nate. If uh, you you'd like to get in contact with me. It's my email, michaelatparkspipes.com. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly... Um, one communication stream is good. And so far, so the emails are good, and I can put all the information I need in there discussing an order. So if you shoot me an email, I'll get back to you in the next day or two. 
And the common wheel pipes are available on pipes2smoke.com, and that's uh, that's going to stay exclusively there for uh, for eternity. Am I correct with either with that? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I would assume I so. so. I was going to say they've been selling very well. The common wheels—they're flying off the shelves. So that's good. The yeah, they're loving them. And they've all been touched by Michael Parks, and all the work's been done by other people. Um, That's the secret. But I kid. Michael Parks, Nate Rose, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. This was fun. Yeah, great talk again, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, it's always cool to be on. And we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. All right. So again, that's uh, Rose Pipe Co. on Instagram. And uh, if you're on Instagram, give uh, at Parks Pipes a follow. And then the pipes themselves can be seen on uh, PipesToSmoke.com. I believe at the time of recording, there was one available. So hopefully those guys are uh, getting working on stuff and uh, getting more pipes up there. All right, for music, uh, recommended based off of the uh, three little birds on our front porch uh, <laughs> and, and a little three little bird update. So uh, after the snake thing, we haven't seen any birds in the nest. Uh, however, I have seen um, two, what looks like two of the uh, younger birds flying around the neighborhood with uh, uh, with mom or dad. Uh, and uh, so we, we don't think we don't think any uh, little birds were harmed. I uh, think they're all off living their own happy lives and have decided not to go back to the snake attack nest. Uh, anyway, haven't seen the snake either. Uh, but anyway, F- uh, Fletch recommended and or Fletch wrote and said, after you reported three little birds living in the lamp on your front porch, I was sure you were going to play Bob Marley's three little birds for the music of the week. Bob was a smoker. He probably also smoked an occasional pipe. I'll leave the comparison right there. Anyhow, in recognition of the birds, it's just a suggestion. So, uh, you know what? It's summertime reggae, and uh, you know I've we were we drove by Bob Marley's house in Jamaica. Uh, didn't go in, but uh, here's uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Three Little Birds. Oh, this is 
pretty good little uh, message in there too. Every little thing's going to be all right, especially if you're smoking a pipe with it. You've got some mail. And remember, if you have a comment, question, suggestion, music request, whatever it may be, you can email it directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. If you have a comment on the show, you can go on to PipesMagazine.com and post it right there, just like Casey Ghost does every week, and like he did last week with the show with Matthew Sanchez. Uh, Casey Ghost wrote a pleasant enough show with a personable young man. It is amusing when newbie thinks a typical Savinelli is an expensive pipe. Wait until pipe acquisition disorder sets in. Enjoy the music. Yeah, and let me let me just comment on that because uh, I've, I've heard discussions of what is expensive when you get into other hobbies or if you become a collector of something. Expensive is all perspective. Uh, you know, to some people, and including me, a, a zipper hoodie sweatshirt that costs more than $20 is expensive. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a pipe, a couple hundred dollars, not expensive to me. It's a valuable investment. So expensive is a state of mind. And then Dino writes, uh, Matthew was, as Dan said, very personable. The conversation was quite entertaining, and I found myself nodding in recognition uh, as we old farts do when confronted by novice smokers who is treading a familiar path. And Matthew, thank you for your service. Uh, I very much enjoyed the Chrysler piece. Yes, you messed up the title. And uh, Primrose is an absolute master of the viola. Just beautiful music. Another fun show. Thanks, Dino. Yeah, you know, I I looked for a phonetic pronunciation of that and couldn't find one. So I did the best I could. And then uh, S-M-K-N-R-O-N, uh, so S-M-K-N-R-O-N, said, I enjoyed the show, Brian. Well done. Thank you. All right. Uh, again, comments, questions, suggestions, email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, start planning for the NASPC show August 13th and 14th, uh, just uh, on the north side of Columbus, Ohio. Hope to see a lot of you there. And uh, remember, you can also join the NASPC and get the pipe collector and read Mike Zika's stuff in it on a regular basis. So you should be doing that. All right, rant time is coming up next. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Headphones are left-handed. Yeah, they go on your head, but headphones are left-handed. And how does that work? Well, let me explain. So I was shopping around looking for some new headphones, primarily for use here on the podcast. But I also thought, well, you know, maybe it'd be nice to have some good headphones for my phone and everything else, right? Well, it didn't. Yeah, anyway. So the headphones that I currently have have a cord coming down the left side. 
and that cord constantly comes off of the left ear and it's constantly getting in my way to the point where sometimes I have to tuck it over my right shoulder and move it out of the way of my left hand which does most of the work because I'm left-handed well that cords in the way so then I started looking at uh, wireless headphones and guess what all the buttons to control them are on the right side so then I was looking at it going, well, wait, I could flip them around and wear them backwards, but then all the right stuff would be on the right side, on the left side, and the left side would be on the right side. That's when I realized that, yep, all headphones made are left hand or right handed, including including the free little earbuds that you get with iPhones. Yeah, because the microphone and the volume control is on the right hand. So us left-handed people have to learn how to do stuff with our right hands or go backwards at it, in which case if you're using the little iPhone, uh, the little earbud iPhone things, well, you end up hanging up on people because occasionally you're using your fat thumb on little buttons that are intended for your fingers. So all headphones apparently are left-handed, and that's been a problem for me. There are no headphones that are... Well, I guess the only way you could really get uh, true uh, uh, true uh, headphones that work for both sides is if you had the old-fashioned ones that had a wire running up to both sides and split in the middle, and that wouldn't work because then I'd still have a wire in the way. So, won't do that. All right, uh, those of you that have hung in there and stuck around with me, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're a uh, thinking or thought person or prayer person, well, give a little thought and prayer. My daughter is moving to California. And uh, starting this Thursday morning, she will start the drive. Yes, her mother's going with her, so there's a grown-up. But also, the daughter's 24, so... Uh, but they're starting the drive across the country, so if you could all just uh, give a thought or a prayer towards her and the trip and everything, and uh, and uh, give a thought or prayer to me, because I'll be home alone for about uh, 10 days, and hopefully the uh, local area will survive it, so... Uh, thank you very much to uh, Michael and uh, Nate for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. It's fun to play like, I mean, I've been Canada, which was lovely. Yeah, lovely. A lot like America, but even nicer. They're very polite. They're, oh, they're, they're wonderfully polite. They'll do things like they'll ask you, like, how do you like Canada? And they mean it. Yeah, they do. They're like, are you having a good time? Do you yeah. like Canada? And you if you said, like, I really don't like it, well, we'll try and fix it, eh? <laughs> You know, they'll change it for you. And they have their own French. They put all their French in one place. Mm. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart. And, and, they're, and they're even Canadian French. They're like, they want to break away from the rest of Canada. Forget we are leaving Canada. We want to break away. But we'd like to keep the cash if we could. Yeah. <laughs> you know?